day to you. Glad to be here. Hey, don't forget, coming up tonight, we're going to be back on the road. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. Myself, Mike Clemens, the roundtable is back, and it's uh, 6 to 8 tonight. Going to be at the Root River Center. Looking forward to that, as we do each and every week. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Network. So glad uh, to get this next gentleman on the program. It's been uh, far too long since we've had a chance to chat. Uh, our good friend of the show, which is Kevin Harlan, now joining us. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? Bill, I'm great. Good to hear your voice. Of course, I listen to it all the time anyway when we're up there and spending about half the year up in Wisconsin. But uh, great to hear from you and wonderful to be on. Thank you for the invitation. No, my pleasure, and so glad you're here. So let's, you know, start off with uh, obviously what's close to home, and that is the Green Bay Packers. And the season did not end the way we wanted it to. We certainly wish we were playing last weekend. So give me your thoughts just on uh, the season itself and what you saw going all the way back to camp until the way the season culminated. Well, um, I mean, clearly yourself and the other great reporters that cover that team have delved into this in every possible angle. And from a distance, it just appeared that um, you lose a playmaker like Adams, and it just he tilted the, the field so much toward him and that your second option, whoever it might be out of the backfield or otherwise, um, you know, was was this year propelled to be your number one guy, and and I, I don't know. I mean, it just you you lose someone like that, you just can't replace them. And and the Sammy Watkins thing, you could just sense that with the injuries, and even though he was a veteran, it was not going to come close to filling it up. Listen, Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill, but they had gone out and signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They had gone out and signed. A name receiver. They had gone out and and tried to fill, but I think Mahomes would be the first to tell you in Kansas City, as other quarterbacks would tell you, when you lose a weapon that that incredible, that it takes a while for everyone to move over a seat. And now, if you're two, you're number one. If you're number three, you're number two, and on and on. And then with the Packers, you mix in a couple rookies who you're hoping, you know, have some kind of wherewithal and pick it up quickly and. You know, maybe catch on that Justin Jefferson feel as a rookie and 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 uh, Jamar Chase at Cincinnati, and it just wasn't there until later in the season when, you know, when when you know they begin to show a little bit more. Watson begins to to put his imprint, but the trust that that Aaron has with his receivers and putting everybody on the same page. Uh, becomes a pretty dominant point with that offense. And if it's not going, it the, the trickle-down effect, I think, is disruptive to your team. So even though it was one guy at one position, and and but it was, a, it was a pretty important guy. And with that, you find that it goes to other layers and kind of drifts throughout your team. So it's it's unfortunate what they went through, and you just hate to – have a year with a Hall of Fame quarterback that goes unrewarded and you don't check that box. Yep, we did everything we could, and here we are. But the cap says you can't go out and spend a bunch. There was not a deal out there that appealed to the front office. They thought they could develop these kids perhaps quicker than they did, and they did develop, but just maybe not as quick and as successfully as as they wanted. And the quarterback is frustrated and then you try to finish strong, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's hard to continue digging out of that hole, and, and that's kind of where they found themselves. Now you enter an offseason, 
where you probably don't have a great deal of clarity who the quarterback's going to be. I'm hoping he comes back. I think there's still enough there. I'd like to think they'll either draft or get somebody that will, again, aid that position. Because I think when he's happy and that part of the offense is working, it affects the whole team. And I thought that was the major problem this season. Um, I, I, I'm going to ask you one more Packers-related question, and then I'll move on to the rest of the NFL because I've got a, a lot of things on my mind. But uh, I, I wanted to ask you, for a guy that grew up around this organization, you listen to it, you eat it, you breathe it like every Wisconsinite does. Is the organization just, did they just kind of back themselves into a really tough situation with all of this and all of this drama? And just because of the timeliness of Jordan Love, are we just, do we go back to that and just go, this whole thing just kind of blew up all because of that? You've got to have one eye on what you've got and make sure that you're doing everything to help him be as good as he can be. And then your other eye is on, you know, who's going to take his place because we're clearly on the clock. And the window's closing, and what are we going to be left with? Uh, we've taken a number one, and we've put it in this backup, and is he showing enough that we feel confident like we did when Aaron replaced Brett that that is the answer? And to me, for Rodgers to follow Favre is like almost a one-in-a-lifetime make. You know what I mean? Like, like, like mm-hmm. right. who, who could have thought? He would sit that long and then flourish as he has. And he'd have two back-to-back Hall of Fame. That just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. So to expect that to be a third time with Jordan coming in and replacing Rodgers becomes like, oh, man, we're, we are really we're, – we're hoping against hope almost that it's going to happen for a third time. I don't think anyone's putting that kind of pressure on him. But when the story is written and that's what you're following, you know, that expectation is pretty high. And you've got to make sure you cover your bases. I, I think they have the, the, the contract of Aaron clearly. But listen, every team with a big quarterback is facing the same thing. Every team with a $50 million, $40 million, $39 million quarterback has got the same cap implications that the Packers are dealing with right now. And that's that's kind of the rub, isn't it? Like like how like Baltimore's going through this right now with, with Lamar Jackson. Do we pay him that kind of money when he's been injured two consecutive years? You know, he, he makes a mm-hmm. difference, but do we know he's gonna become that guy? And and, and that's what they're going through right now. So I, I I don't know. You know, this is a complicated thing with, with him. And and not that he's necessarily making it that way, because I think he's as good as he's been. It's just that you just don't have a lot of resource to put around him, and and they got caught a little bit. I mean, you just didn't have a receiver that really mm-hmm. – you could see the way secondaries and defense, the back end was playing that offense. They, they, they did not have any fear about what they're going out there. With Adams, because he is who he is, you know, he, he changes that game just dramatically and then opens it up for other guys, and that's – and that's what they didn't have, and they were a little bit revealed, and it just it, it just happens. They, it, 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 it just became what it became. But I, I don't know that, that they're, they're in a corner. I, I think the philosophy is there. I think I trust the process, and you're just in a unique situation with saying goodbye to one and hello to another, and how do you make that work? They went through it before. It was a little bit messy with Brett when he left. They got something in return. He was gone. Aaron had a wide-open landscape to go on. And, and we've seen what he's done over these last 14, whatever it's been, years. And 
as a starter, and, and that's been great. But can it happen again? And, and boy, I don't know, boy, right? I mean, that's I mean, you know him, mm-hmm. Bill. I mean, my gosh, I, right. I don't know if we've seen enough to know that he's the guy. I think with Aaron, I think they knew – I think they knew that, yeah, he's fine. And when they went to Brett in, in March of that year that was supposedly his last year and he came in for the, for the retirement announcement, I think they felt like, uh, you know, we may be pushing this a little bit ourselves, but, but it's the right thing to do because the kid is ready. Rogers, I don't mm-hmm. know that they're in that same frame of mind right now. Ted was there. It was a different regime. I don't know that it's the same now. I think they feel like, yeah, Rogers has a lot left. You know, you know, like, like, but, it, and we don't know if the kid is ready. I, I think that's kind of where they stand. And I think that's a tough place to be. I listen to you guys do the games and, and, you know, marvel at the terrific plays and obviously the teams that are still in the postseason, but the average age of the quarterback right now is 25.4 years old I know it. it's playing amazing. in the postseason. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So, uh, with everything that's transpired, and obviously Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy, uh, you know, it, it, what an incredible postseason to be a part of to watch the young guns kind of take over a little bit. We might see right now with Brady going down, are we looking at the changing of the guard? I don't know if it's going to be as good as the guard that just left with the Rodgers and the Bradys and the Roethlisbergers and before that Manning. And, you know, and, you know, some of the uh, Philip Rivers, like some of these historically good quarterbacks, will this group fill in? I guess they will. I think we all adjust our, our, our line of sight and our minds and our frame of reference with what we're looking at right now. Mahomes is generational. Allen, I think, is on that track. Um, you know, Russell Wilson probably is now entered a, a twilight zone because we thought he was and. And clearly there are some things there that, that maybe say, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And, uh, and then you go down the line. Um, there'll always be quarterbacks that emerge. There, there always will be. I think Burrow is in that. I think he is in that, you know, 4,000 again for him. He's probably in that conversation. I don't think Daniel Jones is. Cousins is probably lost in purgatory that way. We don't really know where he goes. Prescott and, and Cousins basically have the same numbers. Dak is never criticized. Cousins is constantly criticized. I mean, like, we're kind of in that weird transitional time. But did we feel this way when Rivers and Manning and Roethlisberger left that, and, and Brady is soon to go and Aaron is within a couple years? We clearly know that. Like, like, were we feeling like this was the next generation when all of them were 10 years younger? I think we did with Brady because he was winning. I think we thought that with Rodgers because he had just come off the, the Super Bowl win over Pittsburgh in, in, in Texas. So, like, like, I, I think we've got it. I, I think there, there's a next generation that will emerge, and 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 uh, you know, Tua may become a casualty because of health, and he may not realize what we thought we saw at the beginning of the season and be able to continue it because of some issues. I think we're all hoping that he does, but it, it's uh, the oldest starting quarterback in the AFC of these remaining teams is 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 Mahomes, and he's 25. So you get Trevor Lawrence, and he's just a couple years in the league, and. Boy, he's, his his quarterback rating over the last two months was the best in the NFL. He was he was the best quarterback in the league over November and December when they were winning five games to get to where they are right now, the divisional round. So it's it's um, it always it always works its way around. The Purdy story came out of the blue. I don't think anybody saw it, and and he's got a coach that's put him in a position as Dable has done with Jones in New York. They've put those quarterbacks in a position not to do things that they know they cannot do. And they run Jones, 
and it, it's an intermediate passing. It's a couple of long balls, but it's a trusted offense, and he's so incre- it just shows in his body language in New York with Dayball. And I think the same is what Shanahan has done with Purdy in San Francisco. They put him in an offense that, that is workable for them. Like it, it matches where their football development is at this stage. It may increase. It may you know continue to compound. But right now, it's like at a perfect level. And, and, I, and I think that's the genius of these coaches. With Matt and, and Aaron, like it's an, it's an unlimited stealing. Like just let's like, and I think with Reed and Mahomes in Kansas City, it's unlimited. Like just you're only limited by the size of your imagination. And, and so you've you got quarterbacks at different stages with coaches that feel more comfortable doing this and doing that. I think across the board, any of those systems will work. And it just happens to be who turns it over less, who commits the fewest mistakes, and who can kind of stay the course and play within what they do. And I think that's kind of the, that, the resounding theme of the teams that remain uh, in this divisional round of the playoffs. Hey, real quick, before I let you go, Kevin, uh, I want to take you back Monday night, uh, January 2nd, uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati at Paycor Stadium in the Queen City, and Mar Hamlin goes down, something like we have never witnessed before. Seeing that there... Uh, give me your thoughts uh, on all of that and what not only uh, you were witnessing like the rest of the world, but also what the NFL itself went through. Well, first of all, I, the league, I think, needs to be commended for just how prepared they are for those instances. And we all know that 60 to 90 minutes before every game in every stadium, every week of the NFL season, there is a group of, of trauma doctors, EMTs, paramedics on on staff at those stadiums ready to act with whatever may happen now usually we see what happened the guy goes down it's a knee it's 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 maybe a it's he's been concussed we really don't know and so initially you thought that but as you later find out as quickly as those athletic trainers got out there and began to perform you know pumping the chest getting the aed equipment uh the defibrillators uh, putting the mask on so that the brain would not lose oxygen, getting the IV in, like all these things, those four steps, but within about 10 seconds of that assistant athletic trainer for the Bills getting out there, the kid's unresponsive and there's no pulse, he began to pump. And because he began to commit to do CPR on that kid, he saved his life because he was dead. And those those people and what they – it didn't matter if he was in the Cleveland Clinic at Mayo, at Freighter, it, it, he, he was – he was getting the best care possible at that time. All these athletic trainers are trained in all these arts of CPR, heart start, you know, all this stuff. Like they're almost doctors themselves. Um, in fact, in, in a lot of ways, th- th- they are equal to that. And then you've got all the, the medical people on each side, and they converge, and they came up with and in literally split-second timing that saved that kid's life. And now he's out of the hospital. He's back home. He's visiting his team. And, and, and who knows what the prognosis is. We've not been allowed to look into that chapter, but it, it's, it's stunning. But at the time, no, you don't know. And you, and, but when, the, when, when they back up the ambulance, you're thinking, all right, neck, it's spine. It, 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 it's, we did not even think about that until we're about 10 minutes in and they say yep, CPR has been performed like, you know, holy cow, like this is something different. So you report mm-hmm. what you see, but, but you do it with a, with a, a, a tenor to your voice, um, of of reverence for the for the situation, respect for the situation, and you report what you see. But it was it was different for sure. It was a 
it was a once-in-a-lifetime event for a reporter covering it, and uh, and hopefully we don't see it again for another 51 years because the last time it happened was at Tiger Stadium in 1971. And by the way, the Lions, after that game when Hughes died on the field in 1971, their next game was at Green Bay, and I think it was a Monday night game at Lambeau Field. And I remember being on the sideline as a ball boy, and just it was a, it was a weird – because we all knew – the Chuck Hughes had died the week before. It was a weird, it was a weird feeling. It was different, and it was fifty, what fifty, fifty-one years ago. So mm-hmm. it shows you how long it's been since something this traumatic has happened. And I thought the NFL handled it brilliantly, as as they usually do, and they've prepared for these things, and it showed. Kevin, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you. Maybe we get a chance to get together at some point out in uh, Arizona when we head out for Super Bowl and everybody convenes. Let's do it. The best two Let's teams are there. Buddy, I, it's always great to talk to you. Best of luck to you, and then we'll talk to you when we get to Arizona, okay? Thank you so much, Bill. Take care. Love your show. I listen. I'm a, I'm a regular listener. Never call, but I always listen and enjoy your great work and professionalism. But thanks, <laughs> thanks for being on. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. There you go. The great... Kevin Harlan joining us for a couple of minutes. Westwood One, CBS, obviously the Packers uh, preseason uh, television play-by-play. It, it, he is just the best. Uh, you get a chance to listen to him on Westwood One Monday Night Football. Calls usually the biggest games out of the uh, the NFL and just a uh, fantastic voice. And then obviously does so much when it comes to the NBA, uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the the NCAA tournament as well. But just such good stuff coming from our buddy Kevin Harlan. Man, man, good stuff. So we got to get him on more. Holy mackerel, we got to get him on more. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over at New Mail Medical. And I talked about it yesterday. I had quite a few people that called, apparently. But they have now what they call you know, like fitness or health in a box. And uh, they've completely revamped a lot of the things they were doing and made them better when it came to the all-in-one weight loss program. And it's out, and it's now, and uh, all you got to do is call 414-455-anywhere. 414-455-4451. That's 414 414- Four five five four four five one. Get a hold of my friends over at the New Mel Medical Center, and they can help you out. Whether it's ED, erectile dysfunction, low T, if you're kind of moody, kind of sluggish over the age of thirty, you want to get your numbers checked, or you're getting into the new year, you want to start out, you know, being healthier. And this allows you to eat a little bit more, uh, kind of do a few more things, but it's very made up upon the chemicals of your body, and it's amazing, amazing. So get a hold of my friends over at the New Mel Medical Center. Want to drop some pounds, look better. T-shirt weather, we know it's only a few months away, right? Hopefully. Uh, get a hold of them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mel Medical Center. Your reaction coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Center compliments uh, of our friends at Bud Light, six to eight, the Bill Michaels huddle tonight. Then home, and uh, might do it again. Might run it back. Another uh, couple of Al Capone sausages from our friends down at Robert's Specialty Meats. Might do that again tonight. It was so good. Uh, and I got a couple of leftovers, so uh, might do that. But I encourage you, hey, if you're going to look for anything, whether it's grillables or fryables 
or you want the ribs on a stick where it's really easy to heat them up, uh, or the chicken skewers, you name it, they've got it. They even have local products, too, like local cheese for spreadable cheeses and such. Uh, they got all kinds of different stuff, and deli-made things like uh, potato salads and macaroni salads and coleslaw and the meat sticks and all kinds of stuff. Just check out our friends at Robert Specialty Meats Waukesha. They've got so much, and the best part about it is he caters. That's right, he caters. Get hold of a Paul if you just want something really good and hearty for whatever event it is, whether it's a big event, small event, pork, uh, you know, pulled pork, barbecues, all that kind of stuff. He does it. Paul Roberts and Robert Specialty Meats. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. That's robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. Get a hold of them. Really, really, really good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to Ted listening to us in Brookfield. Ted, how you doing today, man? What's up? Hey, Michael. Hey. Not too bad. Say, uh, my contention has always been the leadership of this franchise is so woeful. And we've seen it over two decades. And it keeps repeating itself. It, it, it always repeats itself. And the leadership has been unable to hire good coaches and good general managers. And it has always been that way. And it, it, with Papa Smurf, you know, he sits there. When, when Teddy Thompson was the king, and, of course, everyone bowed down to his ring, and Murph allowed the franchise to just list all the while he knew Teddy was losing it, and he, he couldn't draft anymore. They, they couldn't uh, draft a, a defensive player to save their backside. And, and that went out for five or six years. And, and so they, they just dwindled into the darkness. And then all of a sudden, you know, Teddy kind of steps off the ledge. And then, then they're all hassling and, and, and reshuffling because there's no succession plan in place. And then they put Goody Coots in there. So he's got all these young guns that are inexperienced, and they're making huge, catastrophic mistakes all the way along. And, and so we, I already know what's going to happen because it's so predictable. Uh, uh, A-Rodge, he's leaving. He's gone. It's all over Be, because you have these massive swings. You know, they, they have the 13-win seasons, the MVPs. Everything's great. Uh, uh-oh, we got to dump the uh, Jordan Love Dove plan. That's not going to work anymore. We're, we're going all in on A-Rodge. Well, now the ship has sunk. The worst, possibly the worst season on record. I mean, you you had just disaster after disaster, and it it always ends in Lambo. You, you know, and that's because you've got a terrible coach that makes terrible decisions. You, well, you know, this year I'll agree with you. Do you think he was terrible the years prior to when he was winning thirteen games and then took it over from McCarthy, who only had a six nine and one record? Well, the thing of it is, the regular season is one thing. What happens when, I agree you win, with. when, when you win 13 games and, and then you implode in, in the uh, postseason? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. You know, the thing of it is, you, you know, I, I look at those, you know, like when they're on the seven-yard line and they're trying to get in there. I mean, uh, they're desperate, of course. And uh, LaFleur allows... A Raj to run three consecutive plays, you know, passes to Devante that that are all just failures. I mean, why isn't he calling a timeout in there and saying, "Hey, let's talk about this. How are we going to go about it?" But no, saving his timeouts 
for something that's never going to happen. And, and then he goes into kicking a field goal. His analytics tell him, hey, we can't do this that anymore. That was a terrible move. I agree. I, I mean, just that was a terrible. dumbass decision that I, I – I, I mean, I didn't think they were going to win the game in the first part. But, but, but then, of course, at the end of that halftime, you, you had that – that 60-yard touchdown where, where um, King is trying to stop him from making right. a field goal, and, and then they go ahead and make a touchdown. And, and, so, mm -hmm. and then, of course, this last game in Lambeau where you have these personal fouls. You know, you have, you have mm -hmm. Rasul Douglas, you know, stepping. He's, he's going down the line of scrimmage and kicking the ball out. No, nobody knows uh -huh. what, what, what's in his brain, you know, until right. 48 hours later. You know, he wanted to stop it. And, and then, of course, you, you, you have uh, well, Walker doing something. Oh, no, I agree with you. Ted, Ted, appreciate the phone call here. Let me let me stop you here, okay? When you – because you, you, there's a lot of stuff there that you went on about. And, you and when Thomas you go for – <laughs> That's the guy. So, I mean, you go back and you say he couldn't draft anybody defensively to save his life. Uh, I mean, you know, Kenny Clark, pretty solid. I mean, uh, admittedly, Blake Martinez did not turn out. Dean Lowry's been sustainable for a period of time. That was goes back to 2016. The Kevin King draft was it just, I agree with you, Montrevious Adams and, you know, and such. And it just, you know, it, it, it wasn't great, but he did at least pick up Aaron Jones. Look, Ted Thompson, towards the end, I'm not going to say five years worth of too long, but I think a couple of years worth of too long, I might agree with. Um, and, and, you know, again, it buys you a little bit of um, winning a Super Bowl buys you a little bit of, of, of reality that you can stick around a little bit longer. That means you have it in you. He did a fantastic job early on, uh, but I'm not going to sit here and lay it all at the feet of Mark Murphy. Again, I go back to, wait a minute. Everybody loved Bob Harlan. And what Bob Harlan did for the franchise, resuscitating the franchise, okay? Because none of this, Lambeau Field, none of it is done without Bob Harlan, okay? Who then went out and got Mike Holmgren, or really Ron Wolf, and then got Mike Holmgren. And then they made the trade for Brett Favre, and at that point in time, they'd already brought in Reggie White, and they started putting those pieces together. Ted took over a franchise that wasn't good, that was starting to fail, and then was Bob Harlan gave the keys to Mark Murphy. And Mark Murphy's advice from Bob Harlan was basically hire football people to do football things. You take care of the business and you you get out of their way. So that's what Mark did. And Ted had that cachet. So they probably let Ted go a year or two too long. I agree with that. But you can't have a guy that you want to meddle when things aren't right and stay out of the way and be not heard and such when things are perfect. And he, and no credit either way to, you can't do that. You know, Mark Murphy saw the problem. He said, let's knock the, the silos down. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's, you know, and also knew that he had a tough situation with Brian Gudikins being the general manager. Russ Ball wanted that job, didn't get it. So he had to say, Hey, Russ, you're not going to report to Brian. You're going to report to me. So everybody comes to me. Let's, let's massage everybody so we can all work together. And then when it came to hiring LaFleur, Nobody complained about LaFleur after Mike McCarthy went 6-9-1. Six, uh, six, LaFleur was a, a, a genius. And then, boy, you were on the right path, and, and now you just got to get back and do it again. And then the next year they did it again. But when you talk about those passes, he called stupid plays. He called plays in which Alan Lazar was wide open. You can talk about defensive play down the stretch as well, 
But he talk, you're talking about a guy who ignored the wide-open player to throw it to the covered player, not once, not twice, but three separate times, and then chose not to run it in. The call at the end to kick the field goal, absolutely 100% agree. I knew it right then and there. This is the end of the game. It's done. It's over. It's a dumb call. Never should have done it. Never should have done it. But then after that, you know, I mean, you can talk about the, the defense not playing great. Uh, Matt LaFleur's inability to overcome adversity when to put the ball on the carpet. Now, granted, your chances of winning are dramatically lower when you when you you know lose the turnover battle. We all know that. But, you know, once they, they were rolling until they put the ball on the carpet with Aaron Jones. They were rolling until they put the ball on the carpet with Mercedes Lewis. Special teams was ignored for an entire season. We know that. It wasn't just poor coaching in that sense. It was it was poor recognition of a coach who couldn't get the job done. So, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around for all those things. I'm just not going to lay it at the feet of Mike uh, of Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur and say, you, you guys screwed everything up. But there, there's a lot that played into that, a lot of realization that has to go into that. So uh, let's do this. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Uh, Got to say hi to our guy, Joey Albanese. Albanese's Roadhouse, they have uh, bocce ball leagues going on. And they'll do it in the snow. They'll do it in the rain. They'll do it pretty much most of the time. They do it year-round. Bocce ball, a lot of fun. Get your team together. Get your friends together. Have a couple of beverages and enjoy yourself. Otherwise, just go in for some really good food. They cater as well. Dominic Sports Bar is always open inside on Blue Mountain Road, right next to Menards in Waukesha. It is a really good place. And the best part about it is when you embrace places, you embrace the people. And Joey and his staff are just just the best, just genuinely heartfelt good people. And, uh, and Joey, it's funny because there are times we'll go in there and I'll see him wave, but he's just talking to somebody and he's just talking to him and he's passionate and he's giving him his opinion and he's talking about whatever it happens to be. And you're kind of like, man, I'm waiting a long time, but that's the, that, he's, he's a great guy. He's talking to everybody, loves everybody. So go in, get a hug, tell Joey, we sent you over there. Good stuff from our friends in Albanese's Roadhouse. Stay tuned. We got more right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If uh, you're sitting there looking at the weather and you're thinking to yourself, you know, maybe I'll get away. Maybe I'll do a cruise, you know, maybe I'll do an all-inclusive. Maybe I'm going to get the family together. We're all going to head out someplace and go enjoy ourselves in a tropical destination. Start with my buddy Kirk and the gang of cruise planners. Uh, it doesn't have to be a cruise from land and sea, land and sea travel. They got it all going on. Uh, but uh, get a hold of them over there. They have the best deals on cruises. Uh, January through March is cruise time, man. So you can still do a cruise, and they can find you stuff really cheap. Otherwise, you can start going for next year. You can plan your trip now and just put down a really small deposit if you want to do that. They can even finance big trips. Otherwise, they'll just find you the best destinations and just say, hey, look, I want an all-inclusive. I want uh, to bring the kids and the family, or I don't want any kids at all. 
I just want to go sit on a beach. I want to get sand where it doesn't belong. I want to drink heavily and hang out. They can find you all the vacation packages you really want. And they can do it from anywhere in the country. So don't be afraid of the number. Anywhere in the country, 262-344-0697. They got it all going on, and they're good people. And uh, that's uh, we're actually talking about, you know, getting a getting a group together and heading off and going someplace, uh, possibly even back to the northeast, uh, back to where uh, Kristen is from and uh, finding a house and doing a big trip there. And he said, look, we'll take care of the whole thing. So I'm fired up. Looking forward to it again. Two, six, two, three, four, four, zero, six, ninety seven. It's cruise planners, but land and cruise specialists. So don't worry about the uh, the name cruise planners. It's just you cruising on out of here is what you're doing. Good stuff. Again, 262-344-0697. Um, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Give us a shout. Uh, let's get back at it. Let's go to Steve listening to us in Appleton. Steve, how are you doing today, man? What's up? I am doing great. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, the previous caller was a little bit doom and gloom, so I'm a no-good, lowly Viking fan. Okay. And I'll tell you what. I would trade the last 30 years between the Packers and the Vikings with no issue at all. I would take it. I really don't care. And I would, <laughs> and I would say there's a lot of teams that would say the same thing. Um, yeah. For the last 30 years, the, the Packers have been very, very much in the hunt almost every single year. You go back to the 80s, that certainly wasn't the case, right? Right. So I don't know. I mean, is it really that bad? Yes, this has been an off year, but the Packers have had a really, really great run. And this is coming from a Viking fan, man. Right. Come on. Oh no, no, I completely agree with you, and and, and appreciate the phone call so much. I I I've said it before. It's kind of like if, and I don't mean to demean the Vikings here, but if you're a Chevette and that's all you are as a Chevette, then you try to run the best you can as a Chevette. But if you got a Corvette. And you're complaining about a ticking engine. I know that the Chevette owners would go, no big deal. You're complaining about a ticking engine. Yeah, but you got a Corvette. You want it to run right. You want it to run fast. You want it to run far. You want to win races. And when you have that engine, which is the quarterback, that is the life's blood of your vehicle, and you've got a really good engine, you can't allow the tires to go flat. You can't allow one headlight to work. You can't allow the seats to fall out, you know? You got to get there while you can. You want to make sure everything's right. What they've done though is, is they put everything they can within reason around the engine, and the engine's still not sure if it wants to run. You know what I mean? So I'm all in favor of giving Aaron Rodgers time and letting him figure it all out. But I, I think also there's a there's a a sensibility to all of this to say, look, the organization is doing everything they can to basically make you feel as happy and as welcome and as successful as you possibly can. You know, sometimes you just get tired. It's, 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 uh, this was a great term. My buddy Scott just texted me a little while ago and he said, this is absolutely the same as Brett Favre. He said, it's not the same with the circumstance of retirement, wanting to go to another team and get out of green Bay and having an argument with the general manager. But he said, this is Aaron Rodgers' fatigue. He said, you hit it on the head last year, and that's what we're going through again this year. He, uh, my buddy Scott is a, a Packers fan. But I, that's, I, would, I would probably agree with that. It's the just, you know, you keep talking about the fans you love and you miss and this and that, and I, I get that. 
you know, you got to take some time for you. There's, there's no doubt about that. You, you have to be a part of the equation. You're not just a commodity and a piece of meat. But everything else is on the table. There's nothing hidden here. Nothing at all. It's not about winning MVPs. It's about winning Super Bowls. And I know that's what Aaron Rodgers wants. I get that, you know. But I think that you have to, you 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 got to look people in the eye and go, you know what, I'm getting paid a lot of money. Uh, they made a commitment to me. They expect something out of me. As much as I've expected things out of them, uh, they're paying me to come back, be a leader, be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and that's what I need to do. So I'll take some time away. If I don't want to play anymore, that's fine. But they're not moving on to Jordan Love. That's not it. They're not moving on to Jordan Love. That's not happening. They're sitting there going, here's the door, Aaron. It's open. Come on through. Come on through. Bring it. Bring it. A lot of preaching today, but bring it. Let's go. And as soon as he says good, then they're good to go. But don't go, I want to come back through that door. I'm ready to go. But by the way, I got to drag all of this in with me. This all, all this baggage has to come with me. Because they can't, what if they say, you know what? Um, we'd love to bring them all back, but we can't afford them all. We really need to bring in some additional money for this guy or f- to fulfill this position. Or do you say, hey, we can see there there needs to be an upgrade at the tight end position. No, there doesn't. I really I, I want to win with Robert Tanya and Mercedes Lewis, but you didn't use them. They, they weren't integral pieces of the offense. You didn't use them. Okay, I, I, I got to have Alan Lazard. Well, when Lazard was open, you weren't going to him. He's not a key cog. We can't stand you having you sit back there and patting the ball, 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 and then getting sacked or throwing it away or throwing it into the ground or you know, you had some incredible throws today, Aaron Rodgers throws, but it, you know, they're not dynamic. We need more dynamic. We don't even know if Dobbs is dynamic yet. We need you to get on the same page with the young guys. So there's there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Here's something. A buddy of mine, real quick, uh, texted me. And he said, uh, here's something that I was thinking about yesterday. Everybody used to use the Tom Brady didn't care about the money because his wife makes good more than God. Well, how's that going now? So my question is, do you think Brady regrets not earning his worth now that his household income has changed? Doubtful. He said, Rogers has always cared more about himself, the money and the accolades, than he does about his teammates as he wants you to think with all the words that he uses in the media. I think he cares about his, his, his teammates, his people. But when it comes to negotiations and what Aaron wants, Aaron's bringing the guys along for the ride. But uh, the ability to fortify a team that you believe going into the season is Super Bowl or bust and really having that belief in it, I think is different. I think it's different. I think... The Super Bowl or bust mentality has, at least this season, and depending on what this offseason brings coming up for the next season, uh, I don't know. Because I don't think you can just run it back with the same guys and say, well, we're going to be better. How? How are you going to be better? More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now... Here's Mike Clemens. The Green Bay Packers are wrapping up meetings with their coaching staff. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers appeared on the McAfee Show. The 39-year-old quarterback says he's weighing his options. Do I still think I can play? Of course. Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. 
think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Um, right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. Despite winning back-to-back most valuable player awards, Rodgers has been unable to win in the postseason against the Buccaneers, the 49ers, or even last week at home against the Lions. Can Aaron Rodgers still win the big games? GM Brian Gutekunst. They're all big games for us, but certainly, you know, those the season enders are, you know, so magnified. Um, as a team, we've struggled to figure out a way to play really well in these final games, you know. We're continuing to look at that. Um, it's very important to us. Um, but, you know, whatever you don't finish the Super Bowl off of the win, you're going to look back and, and feel and look at why you didn't play better in those games. The divisional playoff games begin this Saturday with the Jaguars taking on the Kansas City Chiefs down 27 to nothing. Former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson led the Jags to a 31 to 30 comeback win. Obviously winning the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago, greatest coaching victory. Um as a team, this one, this one's right up there with it. And uh, my hat's off to our guys for just battling. That's Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you, our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. They got it going on. Burn Pit. The barbecue sauces are fantastic. The uh, the the recipes continue to grow, but more so the rubs, the hot sauces they have. Go to burnpitbbq.com. Everybody's got a barbecue lover in their life. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Again, burnpitbbq.com. Dot com. Really, really good stuff. And they are veteran-owned right here in the state of Wisconsin. I, I got to bring you this because this is hilarious. Uh, in uh, what they say in Boone, in Boone, in the WatagaOnline.com. Now, Watauga is based, is I had to look it up, it's a city in Texas. But I don't know. There's also a Watauga in North Carolina. Ben, do you know which one this is? I don't. I know Boone, North Carolina is the home of... Uh, I believe Appalachian State University. I don't know. So Um, we're going to say it's in Boone because there's more hills there than there is flatland. Boone is in Watuaga County, North Carolina. So we'll go with Watuaga County. Okay. So there you go. We'll go with North Carolina. Uh, (laughs) I can't call it a high-speed chase today. Uh, You got to see the video. But this guy, uh, I don't know what exactly he did, but went a little bit nuts on a John Deere tractor. Now, it's not a small tractor like a riding tractor. This is a big tractor. But went nuts on a tractor, and they had what they call a chase. Not a high-speed chase, but a chase. Dude's on a tractor. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, including the truck, six police cars chasing him. And he's on a John Deere tractor doing 20 miles an hour. He's weaving in and out, threatening to run over cars and stuff. How do you get, what do you do that you end up getting? Now, is it a DUI? Did he like drive it to his local pub and decide to drive away at 20 miles an hour on a John Deere tractor? Uh, but this might fantastic. be a bad question. Can you even get a DUI on a tractor? Yes, you can, actually. You can get a DUI uh, on a bike. If I remember, huh. somebody's going to have to tell me if it was correct. I think it was a guy, he had numerous DUIs. I think he took a bike, and because you were on the, on streets, I think he was on a on a pedal bike, and he was on the streets where you're considered a vehicle. But he was like weaving and falling down in the street, and then the cops followed him home, and he was on a bike. I think 
But I know there was a guy in Waukesha County years ago that was dry. He dro- rode his tractor to the bar because he didn't want to get a DUI, but he was on the streets and ended up going over the curb and uh, ended up like dropping the mower deck and chopped up his neighbor, neighbor's yard and got a DUI on a tractor. Yeah. Uh, but I think there was a guy that got it on a bike. Yeah, it, right now we need the need the tune from Joe Joe Diffie, John Deere Green. Yeah, you're right. Or she thinks my tractor's sexy. One of the two. <laughs> Good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. <laughs> 